Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Just like that Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach Christopher McCollum. Thank you, Dick Warren, and I am delighted to be joined in studio today by a guest co-host, a guest co-host. That means don't get too attached, but uh, she'll be here for today. Uh, your name is Clarice Connolly. Please tell the people what you do. <laughs> I'm a women's empowerment coach, so I support women in getting really clear of the things that are in the way and the things that they want to create and how they can actually take action to make that possible. And what, what better way than accountability, some love, and support? Uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, how do people find you if they decide they like the cut of your jib, they like the sound of your voice, they like the, what you have to offer? <laughs> Empoweringwomen.coach. Empoweringwomen, plural, dot coach, singular. Very good. Mm -hmm. uh, you've been a coach for how long? What, what level coach are you, would you say? I am ACC, and I've been a coach going on four years. Going on four. So mm -hmm. three and a half-ish? Yep. Okay, good. Uh, my name is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. That's right. You have to actually say it like this. Master Certified. We have no sound effects? All right. Okay. Master Certified Coach. Uh, been a coach for 20, let's call it six years. I don't really know. A and, long um, time. A long time. And um, uh, also run a company, also train coaches, also proud to serve uh, historically at the ICF and now at the Association of Coach Training Organizations. You can find out more about me by going to ChristopherMcAuliffe.com or TheCoachingShow.com or really just anywhere. Um, and what about this company that you own? What is that? There's a company called Accomplishment Coaching. It's mm -hmm. the world's finest coach training program. Uh, if you're interested in coach training and if you're interested in coach training at the highest level, listen, it's not for everybody. It's not. That's it's very true. rigorous. Right. Um, then check it out, accomplishmentcoaching.com. It's, uh, it's an extraordinary program. By every measure, it's the finest program in the world. The number of hours of training, the number of hours of coaching, the number of hours mm -hmm. of being coached mm -hmm. by a professional coach, not your neighbor in the seat next to you. It's an extraordinary program. Do you want to tell people where, um, apparently I'm going to have to get a tissue. Uh, do you want to tell people where, what cities those things are in? Yeah, absolutely. You can check them out on, I believe it's like Saturdays. They have observations. So you can just be a fly on the wall, check it out, see if it's for you. You really just get to observe as it goes on in, in real time. And they are located in Seattle, Washington, Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. You're not that good at being distracted. San Diego, <laughs> Chicago, um, uh, Washington, D.C., and New York City. So if you are near any of those places and have a Saturday afternoon available from 10 to 12. You said afternoon, but then you said 10 to 12. So yeah, morning. Well, you know, there's a workshop too. So, <laughs> All right. Check it out, accomplishmentcoaching.com, and I'll stop ribbing my, my guest in a moment. Hey, uh, we are delighted and excited to be joined by a legend, a pioneer, a true uh, innovator in the field of coaching. Uh, we're going to spend the entire show with him and... Uh, it's, it's a delight to know him both personally and professionally. Patrick Williams is both a doctor in education and holds the MCC credential, one of the first ones. He's founder of the Institute for Life Coach Training, the first of its kind training institute that specialized in, specializes, I should say, in training psychotherapists, psychologists, counselors, and other helping professionals in building a successful coaching practice. He was licensed as a psychologist in 1980 and began executive coaching in 1990 with such luminaries as Hewlett Packard, IBM, and Kodak. He joined Coach U and was an International Coach Federation founding member 
and one of the first master certified coaches. I said that already. Did you listen? So cool. Right? He's also a past <laughs> ICF board member, past president of the Association of Coach Training Organizations, and honorary vice president of the International Society for Coaching Psychology. He has specialized in coaching executives, but is also an author, has authored Therapist as Life Coach, Transforming Your Practice, as well as Total Life Coaching, 50-plus life lessons, skills, and techniques to enhance your practice and your life. His best-selling book with Diane Menendez is Becoming a Professional Life Coach, Lessons from the Institute for Life Coach Training. He also co-edited Law and Ethics of Coaching. His latest book, his newest book, is Getting Naked on Emotional Transparency at the Right Time, the Right Place, and with the Right Person. That's, of course, available. All of them are available on Amazon or wherever audiobooks are available. And we're delighted to welcome to our microphone one of the most recent ICF Circle of Distinction members, Dr. Patrick Williams. Hello, sir. Yes, thank you, Christopher. Glad your, to be here. Your intro, you're so accomplished that your intro could take the entire time. We've, we've well, got a ton of things yeah, we said. It, it's quite, <laughs> you're not seeing my picture, but that's why I have gray hair, all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing you had extra coffee today. Wow, that was brilliant. Look around outside, uh, Dr. Pat, and tell us where uh, you are in the world. Where in the world is Patrick Williams? Oh, I'm back in where makes my heart sing, and that's Colorado. I've spent 30 years of my life here, even though I've lived in different places in between. I'm back home near my kids and grandkids and happy to be Aww. here. It's a, it's a beautiful place to be from, as they say. Hey, um, you've just launched a new program for coaches. At this stage of your career, at this point where you've made such a huge difference, you've just launched a new program for coaches called Getting Naked With Your Clothes On. Will you tell us what that is and what it's about? Yeah, that's true. So the the book you mentioned earlier, the Getting Naked book, was written two years ago, and then I worked with a coach slash consultant to say, how can we get this more available in kind of a workbook, online class sort of format? So we've spent the last nine months, uh, not rant, not randomly. That is like a pregnancy, right? So we just birthed, <laughs> we just birthed the class, and it is exciting to me. It's kind of a culmination of my life's work. So it's a program designed for coaches to go through their own self-development process and learn how to use it with clients. It's a course for who I lovingly call civilians, those who aren't coaches, but I say that jokingly, but you know, who are maybe uh, seekers of, of personal mm -hmm. development and transformation. And it's a, it's a do-at-your-own-pace sort of course. There's audios, videos, uh, exercises, um, We'll have a live Facebook group twice a month, so there'll be a mixture of real contact and um, and what's the word when you're a asynchronous asynchronous contact? Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. So it's it's virtual, like it's an online program. It is an online program with all those different modalities that people can click on and learn oh. at their own pace. We just launched it uh, this last week, so it's under a current discount till the end of the year, mm -hmm. and we're spreading the word, getting mm -hmm. naked with your clothes on. So obviously it's a metaphor for getting emotionally naked. It's not about nudity. It's not a porn site. You know, you got to be careful what, <laughs> How you, what you type in. Right. Yeah. 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 Gettingnakedprogram.com. Okay. Um, and so what's the, what's the offer? You said there's a, a sweetheart deal right now. Yeah. There's a half price training thing. There's lots of freebies going on. There's ways to access me for individual or group coaching if people want, but through the end of the year, it's a half price. Um, there's 12 modules in the core curriculum, which is about an hour per module, um, plus a lot of extras, the Facebook mm -hmm. group, people will be part of, et cetera. 
And then there'll be advanced courses that go with my different chapters. There'll be 24 more modules over the year to come. Okay, great. And people can get that by going to gettingnakedprogram.com, correct? Correct. Yeah, you um, can sign up there, get your free ebook, and, and get informed about what's there without making any obligation, and it's 100% guarantee anyway. So no worries. No worries, no risk. I want to uh, look behind the curtain for a moment about this program. You're a guy who's launched a lot of programs, uh, created a lot of content, uh, created curricula, as well as written books. What's it like when you, as you say, you've been working on this for nine months, obviously for years before that because of yes, the book. Yeah. What's it like to launch it? And then how does it, how do you gauge, you know, for people who are listening that might want to write their own stuff or have written their own stuff, how do you gauge the success of it? I mean, if people are <clears throat> jumping up and down in the streets. <laughs> numbers, yeah, 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 friends. that'd be good. When you see a CNN riot about people wanting to sign up for the class. <laughs> yeah, there it is. That's a no, don't winner. take your clothes off. Just take the class. That's it. Um, you know, it's interesting. Over time, like when I wrote my first book, which I thought would probably be my only book, um, I, I co-authored all of my books except this latest one, which meant I had a partner in crime who would keep us both accountable. And so we wrote back and forth. And so they were co-authored back in the day when I wrote my first two books with Norton publishing, you know, a very renowned publisher out of New York city, a lot of professional books. The marketing was easier. Coaching was new. People still bought hardback books. There weren't a lot of eBooks yet from these places we used to have called bookstores. Uh -huh. Yeah. Bookstores. <laughs> you go and what look and have a cup of coffee and yeah. But nowadays, it, it, and my success was told by the fact that coaching was growing. So I was, I was either fortunate or wise in getting my school and getting my books out there early because I had no idea coaching would become as big as it's become. I knew it was going to be a big game changer in terms of how people sought help. Hmm. But I always said people don't need a coach. They deserve a coach. Hmm. And so my books laid out historical research, theoretical foundations, while keeping it non-academic. They're not heavy read sort of thing. The newest oh, book, nice. though, is in, in the day where people don't just go to a bookstore and they they look at things for a few seconds to see if they like it. They right. want to watch quick videos. So this is more of my modernistic approach to getting information out there. Yeah, we're going to whittle this whole interview down to about 18 seconds. So, yeah, <laughs> just to keep people's attention. The... um. I mean, getting naked is really catchy. I mean, that's that's great. Great marketing. So, Well, you know, when I first came up with that, I had a few publishers tell me, eh, that's not going to work. You ought to go Google nakedliving.com or getting naked, and what I found wasn't good. Yeah. But um, now the meme, you know, the word meme is kind of a theme that keeps growing. It seems to be out there. There's several books with this title. There's a business book with getting naked. There's... Um, I wrote an article for Forbes Coaching Council on emotional agility in the workplace, which is about getting emotionally naked. The, the new CEO of Goldman Sachs encourages his head, head uh, employees to be more transparent and to encourage people to be real in the workplace. So, so there's kind of a theme going on um, that we don't always have to be hiding everything what, in the right What is right your place. belief as to like why people should get naked? Well, I don't think you can become, I, I don't think you can fully live if you're keeping parts of yourself under lock and key. But the theme of the book and the long title and the first uh, ideation of this, on being emotionally transparent at the right time, right place, right person, that kind of implies you don't do it everywhere. 
And so using the metaphor of getting naked, any more than you would go out on the San Diego freeway and get naked because, you know, that'd be dangerous and you'd get arrested. You don't want to get emotionally naked just anywhere. You want to be careful, cautious, choosy, uh, find the right person who's a committed listener, test the waters a little bit. But to answer your question more directly is I don't think we can become full human beings who live beyond mediocrity if we keep stuff unexpressed and unfinished. Uh, just to go back and do a little fact-checking, actually on the Balboa East off-ramp uh, at about 2.30 in the morning, you can't, never mind. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. So, so the case for emotional transparency is an internal case. The case is because it makes us a better person, a more balanced, more well-rounded, more self-expressed person. What about in the workplace? What about with the people around us? Can't, can't that be weaponized pretty easily? Like, oh, it, it, oh, sure it can be. That's why you have to be careful. But um, I, I, one of my chapters in the book is The Emperor Has No Clothes, you know, which is like if people go around the workplace pretending that things aren't as they seem or keeping things away from the status quo, it's not that you share everything in the workplace, but, but let me give you an example. If somebody comes to work and your colleagues or somebody says, hi, how are you? And you give the typical answer, oh, fine. But wouldn't it be great if you could actually say, do you want to hear the truth of that answer or just you want me to say fine? Mm -hmm. Nice. <laughs> you know, my teenage daughter's driving me crazy. My 21-year-old my son was arrested on drugs. Um, you know, we're getting divorced. I mean, those kind of things can be shared without going into the whole story. But just have a moment of honesty that says, you know, I'm a little raw right now. Mm -hmm. Thanks for asking. That's all you have to do. Mm -hmm. um, it makes you feel more human. We are relationship beings genetically. We're not meant to be alone. I mean, I used to say even a hermit needs a crowd to escape from. <laughs> so, um, so if you find the right relationships, it can be just a few. And it may have to be a professional. It may have to be a therapist or a coach where you first practice this with. But eventually you'll find out who you can trust and who won't, who won't uh, weaponize, as you said, the, the information that you share. Okay. So it's, a, it's like ripples in a pond. You start close in. What about... Yes. One of the things that I like about you and your work is that, you know, so many, uh, we came up, if I may include myself in your generation, we came up at a time where people were writing processes and quick and easy answers and seven steps to this or three, yeah. three minutes yeah. to happiness. And, and you seem to go the other way in your writing. You talk about some dilemmas. You talk about, you seem to have a different relationship with processes and easy steps. Well, that's a good observation because what happened when I wrote this, so I've done three decades of coaching. I owned a coaching school and sold it. I've, I've coached thousands probably of people over the years. I still do a little coaching, but I'm not marketed it. This is kind of more a treatise about how to live a life more fully, and I've researched a lot on what are the dilemmas that we're faced with today in this rapid pace paradoxical, confusing world? Um, where do you find moments of reality? You know, who can you share with? How do you break away from too much electronic media and just get mm -hmm. back to nature and calmness and a pause, being purposeful? So my, my book and my program here is about what I really feel is the uh, treatise on how to live a life well-lived. What would, <clears throat> sorry, what would you say are the four dilemmas? Like the four biggest ones. Oh, yeah. Well, it's good you ask because I actually wrote about them. Uh, the, the one is the speed of progress. 
Now, I remember back in college in the 70s when they said, oh, it's a rapidly paced world. We're moving so fast. Well, we had no idea. You know, the pace of life today is estimated to be 10 times faster than it was in 1960. The need for speed is about how we think and feel, how we look at the world, how we communicate, how we conduct business, how we travel from point A to point B, the distractions that we have in our life, et cetera. So there's that. You know, how do you get away from the speed, get off the freeway, as it were, and and move on. Um, another dilemma is the distraction. I mean, we are easily distracted. The fact that we might have sorry, quote, friends on Facebook is like, <laughs> no, no, we're easily distracted. Yeah, I know, Christopher, you and I are in the same tribe of distraction there. But um, And then change is constant. Well, yeah, we've known that forever. You know, change is the own constant. I had, I had a friend in college had a poster on his wall that said, maintain the change. Nice. And I always like that because it's like, nice. wait a minute, maintaining means no change, but change is constant. So it was like a tongue-in-cheek um, yeah, poster there. Let's so go back. You had, a, you had a friend How in college? And then the fourth dilemma is like? nothing is as it seems. That, that's it. I like it. I like it when I'm doing comedy under your, your seriousness. That's, <laughs> that works. Um, I want to I go back because uh, just before I, Clarice asked you that question, you had talked about a life well lived. And uh, you and I, we put gray in our hair to make us seem wiser and um and and i know that you've uh, gone through some personal as well as professional changes challenges and and setbacks i'm wondering um when do you think about the phrase life well lived if i can take us back to that what do you what do you see these days what's a life well lived based on what you're hearing from your clients as well as your own very wide range of experience yeah well my philosophy is that um and and the metaphor i'm using in this workbook is like we're all explorers so i don't even i don't even call the students students they're explorers if you want to become an explorer of you know getting naked with your clothes on and my metaphor is uh, my coach calls me the indiana jones of the interior um so i am an explorer i've always been an explorer i've, I've embraced the concept of being curious and courage so that's two c's and then I think a third one today is consciousness. How do we become aware of what we're wanting to do, trying to do, and yet, here's the truth, we can do all the planning we want, but there's a lot of unchosen change that happens. And, and you know this recently, Christopher, and I'm, I'm happy to divulge. And let's see, it was 10 months ago now that I lost my wife suddenly and, and um, surprisingly. You know, we moved back here to be closer to the kids and grandkids, and three weeks later, she died in ICU of, of sepsis due to an infection and her body just couldn't um, take care of it. So that was not a chosen change. Mm. It was not something I would wish on anybody. And yet, as I've written about, eventually every experience is a good experience, dot, 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 eventually. That's the key. Mm. Eventually we have to accept it. If we deny it, if we put it under lock and key in our, in our shadow dungeon, It'll eat at us, you know, it'll fester, it'll, um, it'll metastasize. And so that's my, my philosophy that I, I think a life well lived means, yeah, you will have some scars and you will have some bumps and bruises, but if you just sit and have a boring life, you won't have much of a life. From your perspective now, 10 months since this tragic loss, what are you learning or discovering about grief? Anything new? Anything you didn't know? You know, shortly after that death, I wrote a blog, which people were surprised about, but I wrote, it was called Good Grief, 
and it's on my website, drpatwilliams.com. And it was about that philosophy of every change is a good experience eventually. I, I have a lot of support. Fortunately, I got back here where there's family and friends and old friends I reconnected with. So I think the way I put that in perspective now that I'm, I'm living in my four-bedroom, three-bath house with a, yeah. or a three-car garage with an unfinished basement because we were going to have the grandkids come over a lot. We were going to have a yard and a fun place, and now I am here being a widower. But I'm making the distinction between loneliness and aloneness. And I'm not feeling much loneliness. I'm plenty busy. I'm over-volunteering with things. I'm reconnecting with lots of people. And my aloneness is actually an opportunity for me to do more self-reflection and walking in nature. And maybe that's how this program even came about. It was like I got created with no, no distractions. It's just me, you know. It feels like an opportunity to touch your own the, the places that we either yes. cha- normally yes. don't challenge ourselves to go to. That's true. And I know someday I'll, I mean, I, I need a partner in my life or a tra- I don't know that I need to get married again, but I love having somebody who can share the things I like to share. Um, and I think the mix of male, female for me is exciting. And right now I'm just getting that through a lot of former friends and just keeping it that way in addition to new people. Nice. Anything that you're as surprising and as shocking as this whole thing has been for you, anything that um, you've got to offer people that might have some grief in their lives or some sudden changes? Well, everybody needs a period of self-reflection, but I, again, with this whole getting naked theme is don't do it alone. You know, somebody is going to be for there who can just listen. Maybe that's all they. It's all you need is just listen, just know, just uh, don't try to fix. You know that you may even have to teach your friends. Don't try to fix. I just need to be heard. Mm-hmm. And I think that period of of grief is um, the stages of grief you go through. We'll we'll hit at different times. I mean, it's coming on Christmas, you know. So I think of my wife. I think of what we were hoping to have as an experience here, and it's sad. And yet, it's also got a whole new perspective of um, of how to celebrate what's coming rather than get stuck in what was. It's not that I'll ever forget. So grief, you, you never forget. If you've had a severe loss of a child or a spouse or even a, a parent while you're still relatively young, they're never gone. You know, their memories are how they stay alive. Um, but But you still have more chapters left in your life, and that's where I'm living now. It's a beautiful reminder, and we, our hearts go out to you. Thank you so much for sharing Thank that. Thank you. <clears throat> so I'm curious, um, from a place of like when our lives kind of lack context and, you know, we paint ourselves into a corner, like you find yourself asking yourself, like, how did my life become like this? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do to kind of reframe or to get yourself to see like the bigger picture kind of in this situation? Well, this is where I hope people find that trusting listener that they can just say, you know, I'm I'm coming to a realization that there's, I'm missing something in my life or I'm just not living on full. um, My engine's not on full, you know, not full power. I think this is where coaching popped up in the world because the other 
professional opportunities such as psychotherapy or, or seeing your minister or having a good friend weren't enough. I think coaching is a different paradigm that allows people to be with a, a trusted listener, but more as a partner. You know, you're, you're, there's nothing wrong with you. There's not a hierarchy of doctor-patient. So I encourage people to find that committed listener, and if they can't, if if they don't have one, then they can hire one, which is a coach. That opens the door to finding out what needs to be changed, what wants to become. You know, one of my mentors early in coaching was William Bridges, who wrote the book mm-hmm. on. Uh, on change, which is funny because here his name was Bridges, right. and he talked about a bridging of moving from the past to the future. And it's a very simple concept of what was to what is going to be, but you don't want to move so quickly. So if somebody gets married, or if somebody gets a new job and they move from San Diego to Denver, or if they get divorced, or if their company downsizes, those are changes that maybe weren't expected, or if they were expected, you still didn't know what to expect. You have to stay long enough in the what is before you move into the what will be. Mm. And you might need to let go of what was. That It's no longer this way. I can grieve that. I can know that. And yet I have to move into my future, which is still unfolding. So beautiful. Uh, it feels like we can talk more about this after the break, but I want to make sure that we address people who are stuck in the shoulds, right? People who are living, yes. you know, when, when Clarice was talking about being trapped, I think we've all known that experience of mm-hmm. too much to do, too little me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right? I want to remind people that if you're interested in finding out more about the great Dr. Patrick Williams or his work or his books or want to spend time with him or uh, become a coaching client, whatever you'd like, go check out Dr. Pat Williams. That's D-R. P-A-T-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S dot com. That's D-R-P-A-T-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S dot com. You can also find him uh, on LinkedIn or on Twitter. Twitter is D-R-P-A-T Coach, Dr. Pat Coach. And at LinkedIn, it's Dr. Pat Williams again. Um, The program, the Getting Naked program, is available now half price to the end of the year so go get there immediately also get the book getting naked with your clothes uh sorry getting naked i have to say it exactly right dr pat don't mess this up that's right getting naked on emotional (laughs) transparency at the right time the right place and with the right person available wherever fine books are sold um when we come back we'll talk more about not only your recent award the icf's inaugural circle of distinction your uh you and Five other coaches, I think, got that yes. award uh-huh. for your lifetime of service support and pioneering. But we also want to talk about um, you were awarded the first Global Visionary Fellowship by the Foundation of Coaching for work you did with nonprofits. You created a nonprofit to serve nonprofits and more. We're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Pat Williams right here on The Coaching Show, brought to you each and every week. Extraordinary Conversations with Leaders in Coaching right here on AccomplishmentMedia.com or wherever fine podcasts are available. My name is Christopher McAuliffe. That's Clarice Connolly. Yeah, buddy. We'll be right back after these important messages. Thanks for listening. Stay with us.
Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold, and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McCullough, Master Certified Coach. Uh, thank you very much. In studio, guest co-host. Today, Clarice Connolly. You can find her at empoweringwomen.coach. Clarice, tell the people who you are and what you do. Uh, thank you so much for the introduction. I am Clarice Connolly, and I'm a women's empowerment coach, and I love supporting co- women and really getting present to how life is and how it's going and how they actually want it to go and getting present to you know how they can unlimit their beliefs and really put actions and plans into place to create what they want now <coughs> and getting supported and loved up through the process. We are delighted to continue our conversation now with Dr. Patrick Williams. In addition to holding the Master Certified Coach credential, one of the first ever, and holding a doctorate in education, he's the founder for Institute of Life Coach Training. He was licensed as a psychologist and began executive coaching back in 1990. He was an International Coach Federation founding member. He's a past ICF board member as well as past president of the Association of Coach Training Organizations, honorary v- vice president of the International Society for Coaching Psychology. He has done it all. He does career and life coaching now for Navy SEALs through the SEALs Foundation. He's a member of the Forbes Coaching Council. He is author many times, including his books, Therapist is Life Coach, Total Life Coaching, Becoming a Professional Life Coach. He's also editor of Law and Ethics of Coaching, and his latest book, newest book, is Getting Naked on Emotional Transparency at the Right Time, the Right Place, and with the Right Person, available on Amazon or wherever fine books are available. You can find out more about him by going to Dr. Pat Williams. That's D-R-P-A-T-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S dot com. Just before the break, we were talking about, um, well, a great many things, but one of the things that I teased people with was that you created a nonprofit to serve nonprofits 
through coaching methodologies. Will you tell us more about coaching the global village and what you created, Dr. Pat? Well, it's interesting because in your own backyard in 2006, I came to San Diego to a a workshop by a friend named Peter Redding on inspirational learning. Mm-hmm. And I was invited to be there with other professionals, and we were just talking about what does it do to make inspirational learning. And one of the exercises over the weekend was to create your your idea of a bigger game or what would you really like to be doing. And so my thought paper was, well, if coaching has become so powerful, and we've got people coaching high-powered executives and, and C-suite people and entrepreneurs and professionals and athletes, et cetera, et cetera, wouldn't it be great if that coaching could reach those who otherwise couldn't afford it or access it? So I came up with this idea of coaching the global village, which would be a coach training. We didn't necessarily want to provide coaches, but we wanted to provide coach approach training to other NGOs and nonprofits around the world so they could solve problems at the local level. To be crude, I didn't want it to be, um, a bunch of white consultants showing up saying, here's some tennis shoes and clothes. We thought this would help you. Right. Uh, it's more letting them decide what is their local community need and how to access it. So we did, we did get some early grants. Uh, Ruth Ann Harnish Foundation, who nominated me for the first Global Visionary Fellow. And as it turns out, the only Global Visionary Fellow, because mm-hmm. she then disbanded the foundation of coaching and gave a couple million dollars to Harvard instead for their research on coaching and mm-hmm. Institute of coaching. But I got started. I got a board of directors. We created a curriculum. We did some trainings in Africa and Haiti and uh, Jamaica. Um, it went well for a while, but fundraising was, is crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I'm mostly focusing on now is being the fiscal sponsor for a woman's program in New York on on reentry training for women who were incarcerated to keep them from going back. Mm. And it's really going well. It's gone slow, but well, she's in the process of being narrowed down to a large grant. We're crossing our fingers. Mm. Um, but the concept was, you know, even if coaching the global village didn't become bigger, I mean, it stayed very nonprofit. I'll just tell you, but the concept has grown. There's so many nonprofits out there now using coaching, um, and the ICF even has their own foundation. So I think the overarching lesson is that coaches and the process of coaching needs to find a way to give back to people where it otherwise couldn't be reached. Mm-hmm. You know, how can we help change the world through the coach approach conversation um, and empower people to be problem solvers in their own community? So is coaching the Global Village still going or you feel like... Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, it's still going, but as a sponsor of the prison program. So gotcha. I'm just supporting her, and um, I may be looking for somebody to t- take it over from me. You know, let me hand it off and and see if the concept can be uh, used by somebody with a fundraising opportunity. There's an opportunity for you, Clarice. There I you know, go. The, em- the empath in me is just like, oh. They, they wanna, need it. I want to teach people how to fish. That's right. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Um. Let's go a bit the other direction. One of the things that um, I was privileged to sit in a conference with you recently, uh, Patrick, and we heard David Houle, a futurist, tell mm-hmm. us that uh, AI is just becoming, a, you know, I suppose all all progress, all all development has become a runaway train. But AI, particularly, is something that may threaten coaching as an industry. In other words, uh, I think he said that 
the law, the practice of law and coaching were two of the first industries to be replaced by artificial intelligence. What are your thoughts about overall that sort of move towards progress, AI, and the future of coaching? Anything you want to pontificate on us? Yeah, you know, again, this is where my longevity in the field of personal development comes into play, because I remember reading a book probably in the last part of the 20th century from John Naisbitt called Megatrends. That's right. And then there was Megatrends 2000, and then there was the Greening (laughs) of America, and some of those. And I think the phrase was in Megatrends that the more high tech, the more high touch. And I think I'll say two things to that. I think, again, that's why coaching came about as a profession. I think we lacked real connection in the world. People had friends for a moment, or they had brief conversations, or they were speeding between commitments. And and then I think there was a shortage of listening, real listening. Now, not for everybody. I mean, if you've got a great listener in your life, be sure to give them a hug tonight and thank them, because in this day and age, conversations are short, sweet, and usually a me too sort of thing rather than just for you. So the more AI that shows up, just like all technology, is, there's going to be a more need for, what would be the other word for that? Not artificial, but real intelligence, real relationships, real touch. So again, high tech, high touch. The more high tech society becomes, the more there's going to need for a place of human connection. We'll never replace that. We can become a robot society and that's it. We're not humans anymore. So I think it's got to be balanced. For me, nature is where I go for that because nature is never AI. I mean, yeah, I can put on goggles and see this go through the canyons with, uh, with um, what do they call that? When virtual art, reality. Art, uh, yeah, virtual reality. But it's not the same. It's not the same as really being next to a deer looking at you or or breathing in the nostrils of a horse or, I mean, the things that give me joy. Um, so I think it's got to be people seeking both. AI can help the world become easier, but the paradox is it can also help it become complicated. What about um, the move towards apps and personal devices and everybody's looking at our phones everybody (laughs) everywhere i go it's hilarious you know i I was at a coffee place this morning and everybody in there right you know in the 38 seconds it takes them to pour the coffee checks their phone because god forbid something could have happened in that 38 seconds or i might have to look and deal with other humans or i'm not really sure yeah i took a picture once for a workshop i did i had to be careful not to show faces or i'd have to walk over and ask them for a model release but it was a family Sitting at dinner, all four of them were looking at their phone. Mm-hmm. And I swear, I had a caption. I was thinking the husband might be texting his wife across the table. It, it, you know, it's, it's like put them down occasionally. Unplug yourself occasionally. I, I gave a speech not long ago where I was talking about if you think about whether you're texting in your car, which is a no-no, or walking across the street texting. I mean, you realize how many people get hit in a crosswalk? because they're just te- texting while walking mm-hmm. across the street. We, when you're texting, phoning, reading the news, sports scores, stock market, whatever you're doing on that little, we call it a phone, but it's anything but a phone. Phone, phone is like one-tenth of what the device in your hand does. Right. But if we're looking at that, we're in a looking-down world. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to live in a more looking-up world. 
and that's for me to like break out of that trance. In fact, I make a, a pun on this. If you break your trance, you can move toward transformation. So different uh, stuff. But we're one. we're trying to transform our lives, not be in a trance. And I think all these electronic devices have have the um, drawback of hypnotizing us to a degree. So what's what's your like? What's your theory as to how to solve this or to work around it or create something different? If people can have real conversations, which is this is part of that getting naked, right? Uh, you need to have time with self, time with a committed other, time where you release. I use the metaphor of prison break, like we've been in our own prison, but the, we had the keys all along, or if you turn around, the door was always open, um, is to break the pattern of, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? D just break your pattern. Do something different, you know, really drive home a different way, um, go to a different place. I, I, I had told an executive once who was a very um, engineer mind, I said, I want you to go up Storm Mountain this weekend and drive 4.2 miles and get out and figure out why you're there. And he came back to my office and said, how did you know? I said, what? At 4.2 miles, here's what I saw in here. I had no idea. I just, just made that made up. Just made a number. <laughs> I, it was just... It was just break the <laughs> pattern and see the world differently. Mm -hmm. So I think my prescription is break the pattern, see the world differently. Have new conversations. Uh, try something new. Be an adventurer. Be curious. Take a risk. Not a crazy risk. I mean, you know, I've skydived, but I won't jump out of a plane without a chute. That'd be stupid. Mm. Um, and for some people, skydiving may be too risky. Maybe you can just um, try some new skill or try some new communication with a new um, relationship. It's really a great reminder. Um, I'm also I'm aware that, uh, to sort of follow our lead here, where we've wound ourselves to, is that in the progress, in the tech revolution, in the, you know, the busy day-to-day, -day, trying to multitask lives that we have, there's a lot of communication breakdown, right? Yeah, People, yeah people can misinterpret misunderstand it seems like the rise of more communication has led to more misunderstandings do you have a thought or uh, is something that you're recommending or challenging us to do in that regard <laughs> well one of the obvious ones is how many times do we email or text somebody when we might just pick up the phone and have a real conversation because yeah. i've had the problem you've probably had the same faux pas where i sent an email to somebody Back in my early days with all caps, I didn't right. know caps meant I was yelling. Or I might, have, <laughs> I, might have, I might have misspelled some word and went, oh, my God, can I take that email back? Or I might have sent the email to the wrong person where I was complaining about them to somebody else. Yeah, I've had all that happen. Um, so sometimes it's just time to have a real conversation. Now, I have friends all over the world, and I can say real friends because of the coaching industry. I've created lots of virtual connections, and now with Skype and Zoom and that, I can actually see them, but it's not the same as, as finding somebody that you see occasionally and can give a real hug to or be for them when they've had a life challenge occur. So I think the overall advice, and it, and it is advice, this is not coaching right now, from my experience as a life explorer, is to make sure you have room for real connections in your life. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and usually that's gonna be at the local level or when you see people in person. 
I know, Christopher, when you and I have showed up at the workshops together, it's like we've known each other for decades. But the few times we get in person, it's like, oh, man, so good to see you. I mean, it's like longtime friend, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just came back from my 50th high school reunion, and those are some of my best friendships ever. Mm-hmm. Have I stayed in touch? Minimally. But when we got back together, the stories were still funny. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So uh, your, your themes are really consistent, right? Exploration and real conversations, however yes. we can, yes. wherever we go, over right. and over being real. What, what challenges you? If I can ask you a personal, you know, you're a guy who's led mm. the charge, led the parade, led the, the innovation. But what are you dealing with these days? What are you challenged by or taken on? I think it's purposeful living. I mean, I'm doing it, but it's like I'm in my living legacy years, you know? Doesn't mean I'm on my deathbed, but it's like I'm, a living legacy is something I want to be impactful with now not oh when he died here's what he Mm. did i don't care i'm not going to be there um so i think it's like what is my impact and that's what this program is for me it really is the culmination of my life's work as a personal explorer as a therapist as a coach guide leader speaker uh, always wanting the best for people uh encourager uh, chief energizing officer you know all those things so I, I think of two things. The second chapter in my book is called Getting Real, The Velveteen Rabbit Approach. And if people haven't read the book, The Velveteen Rabbit, I highly recommend it. It might be a children's book, but it has lots of adult wisdom. And it's about becoming real because you have lived a life well lived. You might be a little scarred. Your, your eye button might be falling off. You might be a little worn, figuratively speaking, like this rabbit. But when the boy in the story got sick, He wanted the Velveteen Rabbit, not his electronic robot or his whirring engine um, toys. And then the third chapter I have is called uh, Fifty Shades of Play, How to Live Life Seriously While Still, or How to Live Life Seriously and Still Laugh. You know, how to have fun while living life seriously. And you can tell in this interview, I have fun. I I believe in laughter. I don't want to take myself so seriously that I expect perfection or I expect... Um, everything perfectly thought out before I try it. So I think that's my my summary in this book is that if people live their life cautiously, over well, let me say overly cautious because we should have caution. Mm-hmm. But if we don't take chances or we don't find somebody to share, or we don't how to find unlock our unlock our shadow closet. You know, our, our shadow has things in it that, yeah, there might be some dark things in there we're embarrassed by or guilty of or whatever. And those can be worked through. But it also holds stuff that we gave up on that just needs to have the light shined on it, a dream that you might have given up on. Um, and I talk a lot about that in the book, examples from clients and in my own life about how that transforms if you go back and revisit that dream and say, well, how can it show up today? Beautiful. For example, oh. did I want to be a major league baseball player like you probably did, Christopher? You bet. Uh, uh, did you? And I was a pretty good pitcher, but then it didn't happen. But I continued to play baseball, and today I coach my grandson's little league in the oh. summer. So it's like, it's, it's still part of my life. You know, I'm a baseball nut. Um, not playing. I had a client who gave up on being a dancer because she got married young and then got housewife duties and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. When she came to me at age, I think it was nearly 70, 
her husband had died. She had money, but she she read an article about me in the paper and just wanted to find out what her life purpose was. And the short story is, I said, well, where does dance play in your life today? Do you go to dances? Do you go to ballet? Oh, no. I said, well, do you dance? Oh, are you kidding me? Mm. So she, she started researching, and there was this dance class that somebody offered at the rec center. No isn't age it, limit. Isn't it amazing? amazing. Everything's, yeah. yeah, it's available yeah. for any so of us at any point. So she goes to this point. dance class. She meets two other 60-plus-year-old women. They form the dancing grannies, and they start going to nursing homes and oh hospitals. Oh, my gosh, I've seen that. That's so great. people. <laughs> so I'm curious, if you could wave a magic wand, what would you have coaches do or stop doing like today? Oh, wow. What a great question. Okay. So I'll make this brief. In the early days of coaching, especially when I transferred from being a therapist to a coach, we were so cautious about coaching not becoming therapy. So don't deal with the emotions. Stay away from angst and grief and blah, blah, blah. Today, that's not true. If you have emotionally strong people who aren't broken but still have emotions, all emotions are good. We talk about emotional intelligence. That's become a watchword in our profession. Yeah. Well, if you, you can have all the intelligence in the world, but what about emotional agility? What about emotional actions, emotional growth? Uh, Christopher, you were at the same conference in New Orleans when Julio Laya and then Cheryl Richardson both seem to touch on this concept of emotional growth as part of client awareness and coaching. Right. Which means there's going to come a time when you can sense a certain sadness or a frustration or anger or hurt in a client. Don't step over it. Acknowledge it. And if you discuss it and, and deal with it, it will transform. Emotion means energy in motion. Mm. So if you deny it, it'll grow and fester. If you talk about it, and say things in coaching like, wow, I'm picking up, uh, I'm, I'm hearing a little sadness. Is that right? Or there's some energy shift going on with you right now. Don't deny it. Um, and don't be afraid of it. It's just emotions. <laughs> and the energy is a really great key or a great clue into your client's yes. framework, internal life of view of the world, right? Yeah. If we're, we're going to do a deep dive in coaching, it doesn't mean we do... A psychological archaeology you know we're not we're not doing old <laughs> freudian analysis stuff mm -hmm. but you can at least scrape under the surface or or to use a med different metaphor what's under the tip of the iceberg mm. what do you really want as a client what's really standing in the way not this superficial stuff we're talking about now but what's really there and, and i use metaphors a lot for that mm -hmm. because metaphors allow people to talk in pictures and images, and sometimes you can skip all the words and, and get solutions through the metaphor. Beautiful. I also am looking forward to the baseball league that you're going to start, pretty sure, pretty sure uh, <laughs> for guys of a certain age. Um, we're coming down to the last five minutes, and I want to give uh, you a fair warning so that we can address everything that there is for you to address. We know that the Getting Naked book is available wherever fine books are, are sold. We yes. know that Coaching the Globing, Global Village is still available, coachingtheglobalvillage.org, especially if someone is a visionary listening who wants to take on a large global challenge. And mm -hmm. we know that people can uh, go to either Dr. Pat Williams to find out more about you and or gettingnakedprogram.com to get half price on the 12-module program for uh, essentially being able to be more authentic, more transparent, more self-expressed in your life. 
Having said all that, having identified the dilemmas we're living in, having even identified some of the cynicism and, you know, uh, technology, impacts of technology, I'm wondering if you have a message for coaches everywhere. If you could, you know, leave coaches thinking about something, taking something on today, what would you have us look towards when we talk when we think about the future what would you have us take on what would you have your gift to coaches be well i think the reason i created this program which it's not clear yet but there's going to be a an opportunity for coaches to kind of license if you will this program and use it with their clients so it's like a background playbook of what will help maybe not only gain clients but transform clients. And I think the key ingredient that I think is missing in a lot of people today is courage. Mm-hmm. And I also think one that can be emphasized is curiosity. Curiosity is neutral. If you're just curious, if you just wonder about stuff, you can just be curious. Courage is that step that you take to try something new or step out on the edge. And the word courage from both Latin and French comes from the word heart. You know, cur means heart. Mm-hmm. So it's wholehearted. It's it's heartfelt. And so I think coaches, it's the opportunity to have coaching conversations, even if it's about executive coaching or business development, is to not forget the human element mm. of where where is this person in their real conversation, in their real expression of their uniqueness. Because I believe, as most coaches do, I mean, even the ICF, we believe our clients are whole, capable, and creative, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I also believe we all have a unique purpose or two or three that we tend to discover after our 40s. Some people earlier, some people later. But this program and what coaching can offer is a way to help people find their uniqueness and start changing the world that way, like the one starfish at a time thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Probably better than politics and everything else. Let's just change the consciousness of the people we work with uh, through courage and compassion and curiosity and creativity. Wow, look at all those C's. Courage, compassion, curiosity, connectivity through coaching. (laughs) Amazing. I should write that down. That's pretty good. You really should, yeah. If you need to listen to it, we're recording it. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's all here. It's live. (laughs) (laughs) We'll uh, package this interview as a... a, uh, two section series. All right. Well, our time has uh, come to an end. I thank you so much. I can't thank you enough, but on behalf of coaches everywhere, coaching and all Mm -hmm. the people whose lives you touched and have forever altered, I want to thank you, Dr. Patrick Williams, for your, for your love, positive, humor filled approach to changing people's lives and our, what's possible in our lives. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for what you've made available in the field of coaching, as well as the tireless work you've done with both Association of Coach Training Organizations and the International Coach Federation. And thank you for sharing with us today. It's been great to be with you. We are honored. My pleasure. Thank you both for the uh, good conversation. All right. It's an absolute pleasure. All right. Well, that's Clarice Connolly. You can find her at empoweringwomen.coach. I'm Christopher McAuliffe. You can find me at ChristopherMcAuliffe.com if you can spell it or just go to thecoachingshow.com <laughs> or right here on Accomplishment Media. You can find Dr. Pat Williams at Dr. Pat Williams. That's D-R-P-A-T-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S.com. And go immediately to gettingnakedprogram.com and get that 
uh, half price deal. The price that's available now is available just through the end of the year, and you'll want to get it so that you can do that program. Also, go get the book, Getting Naked, and any of uh, Dr. Pat's other fine work. I thank you, dear listener, for being with us again. And um, we bring you people out on the cutting edge of coaching and pioneers in coaching each and every week right here on The Coaching Show, a production of AccomplishmentMedia.com. Thank you, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the World Finest Coach Training Program. That's all for today's edition. We will talk to you next week.